That's right. Got to win the whole thing. Starts what is that start Wednesday night, right? 8:30 late tip against State. Yep. Yep. Uh Wednesday night yeah. against Oklahoma State. They uh they OSU probably needs at least a couple of wins. So if you can beat them on Wednesday night, you will effectively end uh, their hopes at the NCAA tournament. But as we saw the first two games this year, OSU, when they're healthy, is a really tough matchup for OU with Ooh. their bigs inside and how well they play defense. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is that is not a good matchup for us. But, hey, um, they go out, and Tyler, you know it. If they hit shots, they got a chance <laughs> to win it. So, yeah, um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It's um, – I give them somewhere between a 1% and 2.5% chance to pull off the unthinkable and to win the whole that tournament. That high, huh? And wow. punch Teddy's their ticket good on this Monday. to the Teddy. NCAA tourney. What about you? Teddy being, Percentage a, chance? Teddy being a homer today on 1% or 2.5% chance to win the uh, tournament here. Um, I'm actually going to outdo you a little bit here. I'm going to say 3% chance that Grant Sherfield does not miss the entire tournament and they win the Big 12 tournament <laughs> in Kansas City and, uh, and and get a bit of the NCAA tournament. I'll say this. You know, uh, Grant Sherfield did play well on Saturday with 20 points. Tanner Groves with his best game of the year, in my opinion, 23 points, 10 rebounds. He played a yep. heck of a game. So um, uh, you're going to need solid, everyone. Man. You're going to need on everyone to hit on all cylinders. That that includes Tanner Groves on, on the inside, especially especially on Wednesday night against OSU. Well, uh, I just I, I hope they get the win against Oklahoma State just because I, I really enjoy the Big 12 tournament hoops. It, it's a lot of fun, and I'd like uh, those guys to be in it for a little while, check out the drama throughout the weekend, so – good stuff it's man that that tournament is great if if uh if they can hang around at least playing a couple of games would be pretty cool oh dude it's uh it's one of my i've only been to it once but it's my most one of my most favorite it's just awesome man it, it's it's the power and light all the bars are right across the street kansas city is perfect to host the uh the big 12 basketball tournament it's really cool real, real quick though something that porter moser said earlier this afternoon because, let's see, the Board of Regents, they're expected to approve $9.5 million in upgrades to team facilities at the uh, LNC. So Porter was asked about that earlier today, and he said, quote, what I will say is whatever goes, I think everyone knows the commitment that needs to be towards having a new venue, a new value for uh, a new venue for men's basketball. He said, I'm not ready to say which, where, when, or anything. Let's just move in that direction. So we took today as an opportunity to say, like, let's continue to move in the direction for a new venue. That's what needs to happen here. And I I would yeah. ad, ad, absolutely agree with that. That's right. That's right. And you see all the other investment that's going in to uh, the athletics. Gosh, what, what would I say today? 175 for the standalone, isn't that what it was? One seventy-five, and then seventy-five for the athletic athlete success center or whatever that was. Nine and a half to the LNC, forty-seven yeah. for softball, forty-five for baseball. I mean, you're talking, you know, upwards of 
you know, $300 million and, you know, you just, basketball needs it too. They need it too. And they, you got an opportunity to, to get that done and, and partner with the, the city of Norman and Cleveland County perhaps and, and get some stuff done there that not just benefits University of Oklahoma uh, basketball, but also benefits the, the local community, at least in this guy's opinion. He, all, he also said this, by the way, quote, you look at some of the team's venues and atmospheres in this league, and it becomes very, very hard to play in. From everything I've heard, everything is about moving in that direction. So I love that. I love that the focus is on the venue. So that's nice to hear as an OU basketball fan, is that we've heard about this new arena for like four years now, and the head coach is saying that everything is moving in that direction. It's like, well, okay, okay, let's, let's get the final push over the top before you get to the SEC to make that happen because, I mean, I, I yeah. think the LNC for a while now, when you go to other arenas in the league, you know, there's, you know, it, it's just not the best environment. But now that Texas has a new awesome arena and now that Baylor is getting a new arena as well, I think it unfortunately, like, enhances what OU needs to do even more in terms of arena when you get these other schools having Sure. Games. Sure. Now, I don't know what I don't know what the Southeastern Conference uh, basketball arena situation looks like, but my goodness, how incredible would it be to to be heading into that conference and you got a you'll have a new softball stadium. You'll be uh, working on or or I don't know I don't, I don't know when the completion is supposed to be done on the baseball stuff. Uh, football's got a bunch of upgrades coming. I mean, that's that's why you're moving to that league and and getting the preparation to get it all done is is awesome. I mean, there's a there's a lot of good things happening up there right now. We just, you know, whenever we make that move, you got to continue to hold up your end of the the bargain on the field. Yeah, well, you're about to play in Rep Arena that has like twenty two thousand fans out there. So nah. yeah, I, I I would say that. Uh, you, would, you need to move in that direction uh, rather quickly. Hey, um, I got a special guest coming up here in about three minutes, okay? But before we get to that, I think the big news college football-wise today was uh, Sark said that Quinn Ewers and freshman Arch Manning will compete, will compete for the team starting quarterback job. It's day one of spring football for Texas, and the head coach is already saying that there's going to be a competition there. There's got to be a takeaway with that. Did the boosters tell him to say that? Did Quinn Ewers not play well enough last year? Like, what, what's the overall takeaway that he said after day one of spring football that, yeah, we got a quarterback competition. We have it everywhere else, but at QB1, there will be a competition. Well, I don't know where it came from. I, I just think, frankly, that it's unavoidable whenever you've got um, a, a player of the caliber of Manning coming in, a guy that, you know, regardless of how good people think he is or he's going to be, he brings a lot of attention. And with that attention comes people having some expectations that he's got a chance to win the job. You know, Ewers was young last year, and, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses for the kid, but he, he did leave quite a bit to be desired at, at QB, so... I mean, he did not. He did not go out and secure the future at quarterback last year. Although he had some good moments, you know, it's 
it's definitely uh, a, a position that is unavoidable with Manning behind him that they've got a quarterback battle. So might as well go ahead and announce it, get it out there, and not have to answer questions about it every single day at spring ball. Fair point. Uh, I've got a special guest here, my high school baseball coach and algebra teacher, Roy Edwards, and I'm sitting at the press box of Roy Edwards Field in Norman. He's being honored today. Hall of Famer with 1,103 wins. First off, congratulations mm. on a uh, awesome career. Here, let me let me pull this uh, microphone down for you there. There we go. Oh, we'll get it here. <laughs> here, let me uh, I'll get that microphone right there, and we'll turn all set now. How's it feel to uh, – be honored tonight your hall of fame career it's pretty cool it's quite an honor feel feel pretty proud tyler i I, uh a little overwhelmed with everything but i'm i'm really feel feel proud yeah a lot of us alumni showed up to support you which is really cool and you got to love a small town right because we come back for this event your grandson is out there pitching right now. He got the starting uh, starting uh, uh, pitching role today. Yeah. Then you've got uh, your son, who we thought might have to coach the team today. He is the superintendent here, so it's it's uh it's just everyone's here today, I guess. Yeah, it couldn't be any better for me. You see a lot of people I haven't seen, and like I say, got a grandson out there and a son down there coaching, and that's that's life is good. Yeah. Cool story. So my junior year, Coach Edwards got his one thousandth win. And his son threw – it was a perfect game, wasn't it? I think it, it, I know it was no hitter. It, it, it yeah, been a perfect his game. son, Dan, throws a perfect game on his 1,000th win. So I don't know if you're one that likes to rank uh, all of your 1,100 wins. Where, If you had to pick your favorite win out of over 1,100, would you say that one or would you say uh, would you say another one? Oh, boy, I don't know. There was there was several really good ones. That would probably be up there at the top of them, but uh, – We've had a lot of them all the way from the first and chance to beat Tuttle accidentally yeah. for a county tournament and, and then all the way to that one. It's It's been a fortunate career. Final thing, um, you know, Teddy, he did off-season workouts with Jerry Schmidt. I did off-season and in-season workouts with you. But Teddy seems to think that baseball players didn't work nearly as hard as some of those football players out there. You know, <laughs> I, I I don't know. He, I I don't know if you want to defend that or not, Teddy. But I feel like when we've talked about um, working out in the past, you've kind of, you know, looked at it as like, oh God, uh, baseball guys they don't work hard. What are you talking about? Well, I, maybe uh, that's I'll true see. in general, but you, if you've got 1,100 <laughs> wins, I'm guessing that you've got a pretty strict off-season workout regiment going. We we worked out off-season and in-season both by the time Tyler got there. Yeah. We were getting up at 6.30 in the morning, coming to school to work out, and then working out after school, and and we did it year-round. And they, they hung with it and schooled each other on it. That's awesome. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for everything that you did for me and – and everyone else here, it's just cool to be here today to, to celebrate you and honor you and that so many alumni are here as well. Well, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. It's quite an honor. There I you go. It. Hall of Famer, Coach Roy Edwards here at Verdon High School. We'll uh, take a break, be back with more on the other side. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the Home of Sooner fans. Final hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Steady Layman. Keep those texts coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Uh, text line says, so we got Verdon as the small town of the day. Talk about qualify. Jeez. How big was your graduating class, Tyler? Uh, my graduating class was 22 kids. Teddy, I was, uh, I don't know if I ever told you this before, 
top 10 in my graduating high school class, I was number 10 of 22. My wife has heard that line at least nice. 50 times. She rolls her eyes at it. But I was indeed number 10 of 22 in my graduating high school class. Very proud of that. Top 10. You're in the top 50%. Mm-hmm. Let's just say top 10. It sounds better. <laughs> top 10 in my graduating high school uh, class. I, I think that one sounds a lot better. Um, I'm looking uh, at which non-QB group will define each team in uh, 2023 or define each top 25 team. And I, I always forget that when I look at some of these stories on ESPN that OU's not listed as one of their top 25 teams, which is still weird. Right. And i got to get used to that. And not not that it matters. Um, do you think OU's going to start the year as a top 25 team, though? Because I think it's up in the air, so um, if that's going to be the case or not. Uh, I don't know. I think there's a chance of it. I would probably say it's it's likely, depending on like kind of what the narrative is coming out of spring ball. Um, I think there's a I think there's a chance of it. If they're not, they'll be in it very quickly. I mean, it's listen. I it won't matter for us if we go out and and play the way we're supposed to. They'll be in the top twenty five in no time. So I, it's not really something that I'm too worried about, but maybe not. And I think that's fine. I think that's actually yeah, I would prefer I'm not that we're not at all. Yeah. You prefer that they're not in the top twenty-five? Is that what you were saying? You, it's not, you want the pressure well, off as much as possible. Is how you feel. Sounds like. Well, not really. Not necessarily pressure off. I, I want I want everyone there to realize that they've accomplished nothing. Anything that's ever been won there previously has nothing to do with them. You can you can get all the accolades and have all the people talking about you all you want doesn't mean anything. I'm I'm like I said, man. I I never would have predicted it. Obviously, I didn't predict it. And now that it's happened, I'm glad we had the season we had a year ago to strip everything back, all of the all of the entitlements, all of the things that and not, not just players, just everyone involved, everything that that you felt like was always just going to be there or just going to happen is is uh, it's no longer there. You, you feel like you've got to work for everything, including a top 25 you know, preseason spot or, or top 25 throughout the season spot. Like, just taking it for granted that every year you're going to be a top 10 or top 15 type of team. No, it's something that you got to earn. So strip everything back and start clean. I'm I'm fine with that. Well, you say all that. You, you don't care if they start in the top 25 and, you know, if they have a good year. It, it is going to um... – kind of uh, one of our favorite off-season takes. It, it might be a thing again moving forward. Oh, hell, I hope that they're like 21 to 25. We always tend to fare better when people doubt us and when we're not ranked very high. <laughs> That's going to happen this year. If right. they have a good year, get ready for that take to be a thing again. Yeah, well, it it may, and I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. I have no idea, but I, I just – I, uh, I think everyone recognizes that they got to go out and prove it. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like they were six and seven last year, 
like you didn't earn a preseason ranking. And I know that this next year has nothing to do with the previous one, but that's just kind of how it goes. Uh, you, you've earned your right in the, uh, in the I don't know, the castaway group where you're no, not to be mentioned in the preseason. That's fine. Uh, let's see. What Team 129 at 0-0 zero and zero, says the text line. I'll bet BV only screams that about 50 times per day. <laughs> yeah, at least. At least. Yeah. No, they're going to have to earn it all back. Um, you know, you got three really winnable games early. And then, what, you start off at Cincinnati, which they should have – and that could be a tough game, like a. However, you want to grade things on a scale of difficult. I mean, you're not going on the road to play Alabama, but you know that team has has been tough. They they're going to view it as, you know, their their Super Bowl for the season. They're hosting Oklahoma, first time in a Power Five conference, so it's going to be a huge game, and they're going to be geared up and ready to play. But I mean, you should be able to win that one. But, you know, it's it's the early part of the – really the whole schedule, but the early part of the schedule should get you off to a really nice start, and you'll be up in the top 25 in no time, or at least you should be. Two more. Don't start the top 25, but we will finish in the top 10 is my take. Uh, this one says let them earn their way into the top 25. All right. Well, um, in case you missed it, I think there's two top stories in college football today. One is uh, the one we talked about last segment in Austin. They just had day one of spring practice. And Sark says that there is a competition for quarterback one between Ewers and Manning. I think um, big story number two for college football today is what Brian Kelly said uh, earlier this afternoon. Now, Nick Saban's already complaining about his three permanent opponents in the SEC. He don't think it's right that Alabama's going to have to play Tennessee, LSU, and Auburn every single year. Um, Brian Kelly basically said it's going to be awesome to get to play Alabama, Ole Miss, and A&M every single year. Those match up perfectly with what Ross Dellinger predicted on Friday. So as what, you know, we pointed this out earlier in the show, Teddy, Florida at one, po- at one point, OU playing Florida every year was just a fun thought. But that has turned into, I don't know, I'd almost be surprised if we see this 3-6 model in Florida's not on the schedule every single year. Yeah. I think that I think we I mean I'm taking it as as that's that's what it's going to be moving forward and we we've said that Dellinger is he didn't just print anything and I guess he didn't print that it was a it was a tweet that he had but seems to be pretty connected uh, especially recently and he he cited SEC insiders, and like I said earlier, SEC insiders uh, does not count old uh, Danny up at the bar or even Feinbaum on the Feinbaum show. I think SEC insiders to him are going to be people in administrations or in the league office. So I, I don't think you should take anything as locked in until they vote on it in May, but I would, uh, I'd feel pretty good about that being the three teams. If that's the format we go with, feel pretty good about that being the three teams we're locked in with. Yeah, if someone were to tell you, okay, that's almost right from Dellinger, 
in terms of OU. Texas, Florida, and Missouri, there are two of those three that are right. If someone told you that, who would you be the guest that's the odd team out? Obviously it would be Florida or Missouri because they're going to play Texas every year regardless, but which one would you think if only two of those three are right? I guess Florida would be the one that's out. You know, it's I hope not. They're going to they're going to well there's this this dumb narrative out there that Oklahoma and Missouri are old old rivals and get to rekindle that rivalry with with Missouri. Yet no one around here considers Missouri a rival and I don't know if they have maybe some people used to forever ago but there's also this narrative it's like oh yeah you know that'd be nice some of the old big 12 teams playing each other again well we're trying to leave the big 12 to play new people uh, not to play the teams that we used to play at least that's my take on it so unfortunately i feel like we're going to be locked in with missouri and maybe it's because frankly missouri sticks out like a sore thumb perhaps and there's really no one that they fit in with uh yeah (laughs) i mean they have a forced rivalry with arkansas but it's kind of like the sec is good god we got what do we do with missouri guys what do we do well they used to play oklahoma a lot let's throw them in there um let's let's pair them up with vanderbilt as well i mean nobody's going to care about that game like we'll throw them in with vanderbilt and someone else crappy as well so yeah i i I don't know like ou and texas are the new teams in the league and normally those seem like the oddest fit i get like west virginia still seems like an odd fit in the big 12 but even with ou and texas being the new kids in the sec i still feel like missouri feels like the oddest fit in all of the SEC, even though they've been there, what, 10 years longer than these two new schools have. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I agree. They're kind of a an outlier geographically with where they are. Um, I don't know. I, All in all, I'm fine with it. I Really, it's not anything that, that I'm too worried about, the Missouri game. You know, it's – it kind of fits with what you need. You need a, you need a game that's not going to be a, maybe an all-out war every year. But they're going to be they're going to be a tough team. But you know, I got to continue to remind myself that there's going to be six other SEC games, and we're going to get plenty of matchups with the big dogs, both yes. home and away. Yeah, um, it is going to be a funny troll though. Even though I hate 11 a.m. kickoffs, if the OU Missouri is an 11 a.m. game every single year just to throw one last troll. And honestly, with what I project Missouri to be in the next five years, um, I wouldn't expect that to be a game of, uh, you know, a lot on the line. So maybe that'll be one of the few 11 a.m. 11 games you play every single year, Missouri. That, that would be funny, though. Yeah. Jeez. That's um, – that's – probably going to take some getting used to is is the 11 a.m or lack thereof but i don't know i mean do you know obviously missouri used to be uh, a really strong hoops program what's the rest of their sports look like are they making any waves in anything else baseball they um they sunk man and they weren't a good baseball program 
mean, they, I don't know. In, in the Big 12, they had some good teams. But I don't – they weren't traditionally at the top of the Big 12 every single year. Um, they got into the SEC with not a whole lot of momentum and not great facilities, and they've kind of sunk to the bottom. Uh, basketball, they had Michael Porter Jr. that year because his dad was on staff. And I think I remember them being okay right. that year, even though he got hurt. But they got beat by OU in the NCAA tournament a few years ago in the first round. Um, they're just not – Teddy, all around right now, they're a very poor athletic program in the major sports. I mean, they're, they're a very poor mm-hmm. athletic program. And I don't know how much money that they're putting into um, their athletics right now. We just saw that list last week where they're top 25 in football facilities – Maybe they are putting in money and they're just not winning, but I think top to bottom, especially when you consider like Vanderbilt's baseball program, if Missouri's not the worst all-around athletic department in the SEC, they may be second to worst behind Vanderbilt. I mean, they're they're just not they're not good. Right. Well, which I is guess why they did, they did just nobody... win the Big Twelve wrestling yes this weekend, but outside that, there's not a whole lot there. Yeah, which is why nobody is excited about that matchup. The only reason everyone is just kind of saying, yeah, okay, is because it's somewhat a familiar opponent and it's it's a game that you're going to feel like you have a good chance to win it. That's the only reason everyone's okay with it, or not everyone. That's why people are okay with it. You know, yeah, as Nothing to do with being excited about it or a good matchup or great facilities or super exciting place to visit. It is strictly because it's viewed as a very winnable game. Which uh, that is accurate. doesn't do a whole lot for getting people excited. By the way, Mike in Springfield, he's told this to me about eight times, and he likes to bring it up every time we talk about Missouri. He says, I'll say it until it changes. Missouri's last football conference championship, 1969. Basketball has never been to a Final Four. So there's a quick uh, cliff notes of their athletic program. Last conference championship was pre-1970, and they've never been to a Final Four in hoops before. And like you said, yes, they're probably labeled as a basketball school by most people. That's interesting. So I guess, frankly, we know why the SEC brought A&M and Missouri in. They just needed they needed some numbers, and the the conference was getting too tough. They needed the ability to schedule in some uh, some weaker teams, right? Because yeah, between the two, much. they've got one conference championship in the last I don't know forty years, fifty years. And you know what, Teddy, the great thing about it is Missouri and A&M have understood their role. They were told their role <laughs> was to come into the conference and for the long term suck, and they've lived up to their role just magnificent, magnificently. It's been awesome. Hey, real, real, last point about the uh, 3-6, if it's right. I don't think OU yeah. could have asked for a better draw of the three. You, you, you get your longtime rival with Texas. You knew that that was going to be the case, so that's still there. That's cool. You get a team like Missouri that is, well, not exciting, but you're going to be more talented than them basically every single year. 
and then you get a new and exciting game every single year with a program like Florida that's going to, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be a legit second rivalry. I would probably guess that it would. But Florida's not a team that year in and year out they're the best team in the country. They have a lot of peaks and valleys there. So it's a very exciting but manageable team to play every single year. OU got a much better deal than, say, uh, an, an Alabama did. Yeah, well, I agree. Um, I think we we should be very, very happy with that if that's where it ends up being. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left. Hang out Newcastle Casino today. Hit the text line. We'll get to some of those next. 651-3439. Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Here's an interesting point. How many times have we beat Florida in past years? It says women's gymnastics, baseball, softball, and football. Yeah, you beat them in women's gymnastics here recently. You beat them in baseball last year in Gainesville. You beat them in softball at a championship series, two to nothing. You beat them in that Cotton Bowl in football. I believe you beat them in basketball the past two years, actually. So they got the yeah. best of you in that national championship game. It kind of feels like, and not having the entire history of OU Florida pulled up, but it kind of feels like you've got the best of them uh, since that game, if that matters to anyone. Yeah, no, it, it, it does, which is a good thing. Just got to keep it going, right? You can't give them the opportunity to to step back in. If you can, you know, I, I know we've got another season first, but if you're able to jump into that rivalry, if that's in fact what, what we uh, end up with and continue to dominate that. I think that's – how do you think Florida is still viewed as a program football-wise? They they still viewed in a, in a really good manner? Yeah, I think so. I, I think everyone views them now as, okay, yeah, it doesn't look great now, but – like Florida to me is always a program that's two years away from being elite. And especially now with the transfer portal, man. I just, they, they've gone through some bad coaches, but once they have the right hire, and I don't know if they'll have another Steve Spurrier there again, but once they have a Spurrier, an Urban Meyer, a coach that really knows how to recruit, knows how to run a program, then Florida is can quickly shoot to the top. It, it does not take them that long. They don't have to build a program for five years. It can happen for them really quickly. Right. Yeah. Well, We'll see. Uh, I think it would be good for us that they have some relative strength moving forward, like not juggernaut status, because if they've reached that, that means that we've helped them along the way to get there. Um, but if I, I'd like that them them be viewed as a like a fringe top ten team year by year, right? Yeah. About where you want them, you ten to fifteen range. I mean, OU Texas has been such a thing around here, especially with the dynamics of that game, just because it's so different. And I, I don't know, you, you go to Dallas every year for that game. I just don't think it's a normal rivalry. I mean, it's been rival number one for so long, and no one's ever been able to even come close to that for OU fans. Do you think? Do you think OU fans are open to having a legitimate second rivalry? Like, not one that's ever going to be to the level of OU Texas, but one that you consider, like, 
yeah, that's our legitimate second rival. I, I, I'm just I'm just curious how the text line feels about that possibility because you never really had that before. Well, you had it with Nebraska, I guess, but not really outside that. Right. Well, I would say yes, but one of the problems with that is typically to develop a like a deep-seated rivalry, they have to take something from you. Right, yeah, and I, you have to get to a point, and I know we lost the national championship to them, but that's been a long time. Like I could see it working out where maybe we've got an undefeated year going, and Florida ruins it, or something like that, and kind of upends uh, what you what you have a special year going like if something like that were to happen then okay you may be on to something or if both teams are kind of right there at the at the top of the conference and the winner maybe goes the SEC championship or something like you're going to have to have something on the line big for it to ever approach that, you can't, it can't just be well. You play them every year, and they're good. Yeah, no, right. There's got to be for it to be a le- for it to be a legit rivalry. I, I agree with that, which takes yeah. takes some years to develop. Like the excitement around playing them every year is going to have to turn into like deep seated hate, and and that is born right. from they take something from you. You play a lot of really close epic games. I, I agree with that. Uh, you can be excited about that possibility, and I am. But for it to turn into a legit second rivalry, like that's probably going to take several years for that to be the case. Sure. Yeah. Nope, I agree. All right, let's hit a uh, quick timeout. Final segment of the day coming up next. I'm here at Newcastle. Hit the text line. We need to get to some of those next. 651-3439. Final segment of the day, Wrapping it up on this Monday, it is the Rush on the Ref, the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, bringing you the final hour of the day. Steve Stutzman, he's been tuned in all show long. He says, uh, Gator fans talk so much smack about OU already, it won't take long to make it a rivalry. And Steve's probably right. Steve will probably single-handedly make it a rivalry by 2024 with as much smack as he might talk down there. At least that's what I'm rooting for. We kind of... Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I just saw a tweet where I believe it's a a writer for um, for Florida, and he was talking about what Oklahoma just announced. I guess the University of Florida just opened their football standalone facility, and it was eighty five million dollars, and I. I he posted a little video run through of what it is. Um, it's really, really nice. He was saying, like, we just finished an $85 million facility. I have no idea what OU is going to do because they're spending twice as much as what the Gators <laughs> just spent on the Hevener Football Training Center. So that is pretty impressive with. I, it's going to be something special. Like I don't know what all they're planning to do, but they have allocated an enormous amount of money for it. Uh, Camo says Prairie versus the Swamp. Let's go. I like that. 
Uh, Drew from Flower Mound says, where would they put the new football facilities? I don't know why, but I was thinking maybe they're going to put it where the track and field is, but I haven't heard anything about track and field upgrades or anything about the future of track and field. A lot of track and field in there. Good point. Um, I think that is perhaps where it's it's planned to go, but I don't know. I don't know that for sure. Maybe it's just just east of Heisman Park, and I, that you feel like that would cut into the track. I don't know, and maybe that's why it's so expensive because they got to move the track, and that's maybe that's part of the part of the allocation i don't know i don't know but i think that's where it is planned to go just east of the stadium that is interesting like florida's building that massive thing and here's how much ou is spending it does feel like ou is saying well if we're going to do this thing we're going to we're going to do it right we're going to make it the best of its kind in all of college football it kind of feels like that's it's not the mentality of well let's just build a a nice facility but you know it's not going to be looked at as one of the best Kind of feels like it's going to be looked at as one of the best once it's completed. Uh, it'd be hard not to be one of the best. Um, you're going to have that. I'm guessing you're going to have the best, or I don't know. Is maybe it, would there be a better softball facility out there? Uh, I think A&M's is really imagine. good. I'm trying to think of who else. No, I mean it. it it's going to be in consideration for one of the best. And forty-five million to baseball. Uh, forty-five million dollars goes goes a long way whenever it comes to to a baseball park and making the additions to what they've already got. Like I don't know what the plans are, but forty-five million dollars is going to take you a really long way on that park because they've already got the like the practice facility stuff that's mocked up. So. I mean, it's it's all going to end up really looking really good. And if you could get the arena done. You may go from, you may go from, uh, you know, towards the bottom of the pack to the top of the pack, rather Seriously, quickly. Man. Yeah, no, you you really might. Uh, Wednesday night, Big Twelve tournament gets started. Oh, you're gonna play the late game against Oklahoma State. Uh, you got a pick to win the conference tournament. You just going chalk here and saying that Baylor, or excuse me, KU wins in Kansas City, or you uh, you got a little bit of an upset. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. Probably, like, trust me, I hate picking Kansas. You know I hate picking Kansas. Me but too. Oh, I definitely I, do. I don't feel like Texas is consistent enough. Tech's going through all kinds of issues right now. I just don't know that anyone else really has the firepower. But at the same time, whoever they play, in the in the finals is going to be capable of knocking them off. Whether or not they're able to do it, I don't know. The safe bet is Kansas. Uh, Kansas beats Oklahoma in the final, seventy-one uh, sixty-nine. They leave us with one final tease to end the year. They lose in the championship <laughs> game to miss out on the tournament. Oh gosh, that would be perfect. You get all bought in after the huge semifinal win, and they lose in the final minute against KU. God, that is cruel, man. It is cruel, but it would be somewhat fitting for this year, I guess. Yeah, you'd have to go through like three top 25 teams in order to get there, so that would be pretty impressive in itself. All right, well, 
Would you like to end it on something else, Tyler? Maybe a shout-out to uh, your head coach, Roy Edwards, 1,100 wins. Uh, just over 1,100 wins. Does your baseball coach have over 1,100 wins? No, because only nine baseball coaches in the state of Oklahoma history has had more wins than Roy Edwards, which is pretty cool. So it's been awesome to be back in Verdon for the day, honoring and celebrating him, and we're about to do so here in a few minutes. So thanks for uh, everyone around here for letting me come do a show. It's been it's been cool. It's been really cool. Good stuff. All right, that's it for us. You guys are awesome on the text line. As always, you drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Let's go have an ice-cold Pacifico.